Welcome to the Move More Pain-Free Podcast with your host, Rory Finch. Over the last seven years, I've both researched and worked with elite-level sports and private injury clinics to master the skills to not only assess and to manage, but to prevent and rehabilitate sports injuries. It's my passion and vision to provide these services to be freely used with elite-level sports and to be accessible to you, the individual, the sports team or the coach at any recreational sports. This is used to overcome barriers to injury and also training obstacles to allow you to enjoy the participation and to understand the process to improve your performance and minimise your injury risk. Over the coming episodes, myself and the selected guests will provide you with the tools and the knowledge to not only guide your training to be more effective, but to recover optimally and to therefore move more pain-free. So let's get started. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to uh, another one of our monthly installments where we get our group experts to come on, discuss topics, answer any questions, and pretty much be uh, free at hands um, for all of you that might be in need or might just want to jump in for a quick nosy for five minutes. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the goal for this is to make sure that you guys are getting the correct help, the correct advice, and the correct guidance to allow you to support your health and fitness journey. Um, which will kind of uh, hopefully grow on and you'll never forget these moments that we share with you. Um, so uh, without further ado, for those of you that don't know, Chris Marsh is our kind of mental health um, expert. So he'll be kind of leading in with some psychology kind of um, narratives. And Nori is our um, nutritionist expert as well. So she'll be delving in some topics around nutrition. So if you've got any questions, you don't want to ask them live, then do drop me or these guys it personally or if you want to have a chat with them after then that's all yours so let's go with nori first kind of introduce yourself and um, for the for the people that might be logging on that don't know who you are and then we'll come to chris after don't know me what <laughs> okay so uh, believe it or not my name is nori and i'm a holistic health and nutrition coach and i'm basically uh, kind of specializing and helping women uh, overcome and recover from disordered eating habits and um, sort of negative and toxic body image. And I help them kind of recover and restore healthy relationship with food. And this is like shortly what I deal with. There you go. And yourself, Chris? So so I'm Chris. I'm a hypnotherapist, analytical hypnotherapist and mindset coach. So I, I generally help people recover from past trauma um, in a nutshell. So that's reframing the past traumas that create the debilitating symptoms we struggle with. So stress, anxiety, um, depression, addictions, fears, phobias. But in this context, um, probably 90% of the clients I work with have some kind of form of emotional eating. Um, so it's a big part of what I do as well as helping people recover from food addictions, basically where they're using food as a comfort, as emotional sport. Amazing. Look at that. Season prosy already, haven't we? <laughs> um, so just a re- just a call through. So if you can hear us properly before we start, just give us a thumbs up, give us a wave. Just let us know that uh, you're there and that you can hear us all right. Because um, the first time I think we've got three on the go. So um, we should do it from there. So just some highlights and topics of which we're going to cover within this. Okay. They're going to delve into firstly, what is emotional eating? Maybe some red flags to look out for maybe yourself, family, or friends. Then some management strategies. And then finally, how to recover and live a life of um, maybe more graceful emotional eating rather than maybe negatives. But um, I'll just be here kind of uh, mediating, maybe dropping some questions in. So make sure you keep asking as we go along. 
And then from there, I will shut up, be quiet, and I'll let you, uh, <laughs> let you take over. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So me and Chris, we, we thought about, you know, just um, kind of uh, understand the emotionally thing, what it is and whether it is a bad thing or it, didn't, it might be not even a bad thing. And we both kind of came uh, to the conclusion that emotional eating, we all do it, believe it or not. Um, and I think the perceived reality at the moment about, about emotional eating is it has to be some sort of a very extreme um, kind of image of emotional eating, very extreme and very, very strong and intense emotion going around uh, food and around you know in life in general but it not might be that way because uh we all actually eat out of emotions hmm. and yeah. we don't talk about Absolutely. just uh, negative emotions i don't know you chris but i do eat because i'm happy you know yeah. when i, yeah. when I yeah. celebrate absolutely i mean we all we all reward ourselves with food when we feel down but it it's often forgotten about that we reward ourselves positively with food as well we celebrate with food right yeah. and it's very much a cultural thing isn't it um probably yeah. more so Mediterranean wise than, than it is in this country but yeah we celebrate with food we punish ourselves with food mm. <laughs> we, we make ourselves feel better with food um and these are all types of emotional eating um yeah. so I, I guess in a in a nutshell for me emotional eating is um trying to enhance or change our mood with food for me. Mm -hmm. i don't know what your kind of yeah, emotional eating is it can be literally um anything from a micro emotion to a massive intense emotion really because yeah. uh it can something uh, threw me off you know today and then something happened and the easiest way for me sometimes to calm myself down before i actually get back into my normal life you know it's just to grab something to eat and that is mm. i I believe we have to kind of normalize the fact that emotional eating is happening and it is normal in everyone's life. And we should definitely um, like stop demonizing emotional eating, really. It's just the normal yeah. part of our lives. <laughs> and um, there are cases when emotional eating goes a little bit out of hand and we don't know anything else about emotions, you know, in general. We just know that this works for, for us for a couple of minutes and this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like you said, there's the extremities of the scale, isn't there? So, you know, I deal with the, the extremes as well. So full-on eating disorders, but they all start somewhere, right? They all yeah. start at a root. Um, and whether it's bulimia or it's anorexia, you know, they all start with... Um, some kind of starting point which then turns into a habit which then turns into a dependency which then can become out of control and um and the subconscious is like a radar it's always listening right so how and why do we end up with emotional eating is the the subconscious manages our fight or flight responses right so whenever we get into emotional distress um the subconscious looks for ways to to make you feel better in that situation so that's how it creates faulty programs and it's a very um, quick isn't it it has yeah. to be like super quick your brain literally yeah. is responsible it, it, like as quick yeah. as safe and there's yeah. less risk as possible in that yeah, absolutely it's, it's about survival right it's, it's mm. survival mechanism but 
how how we end up with dependence is like food, or it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be anything really. Um, the subconscious makes attachments. So if you if you feel depressed, if you feel anxious, if you feel nervous, and you have something to eat, and it makes you feel a little bit better, then the subconscious makes that link and says, ah, right, hang on, that makes Chris feel better. When he feels this emotion, having that Mars bar, that Snickers, that cake, that biscuit, that pie, um, yeah. that pie on a sandwich, whatever it is, um, it, it learns, right? And then what it does, it adds more power to that. So every time then you hit that same emotional response, it's going to start triggering you to say, oh, actually, Chris, remember, you felt better when you had that Mars bar, when you felt this emotion last time. Go and have that Mars bar again. And yeah. because the more it happens, the more weight it adds to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly that's where we get into dependence is where we can get out of control if those emotions become too strong. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the roots of emotional eating starts when we're, when we're babies. You know, it's the first thing we do when a baby cries, we just assume it's probably hungry. So mm. we, we feed it, right? And obviously the baby can't communicate. Um, so that's where emotional eating starts, you know. Um, that's yeah. why I say all of my clients have some form of emotional eating. Yeah. I love when you said, like, it's basically, it's not even a, like, it's a behavior, isn't it? It's kind of like a learned behavior that we learned yeah. this, you know, that this situation yeah. it happens, it triggers something in my mind or yeah. or it triggers a feeling. And then that feeling triggers something in my mind. I create the narrative around that feeling. And then my brain wants me to react as quickly as possible in a safest possible yeah. way. And yeah, yeah. then that yeah. is that it is. So when we talk about, I think, emotional eating, it's not even about food, really. It's about um, how we react in situations and what we learned in the situation give us and the circumstances give us as a feeling. And then I think emotional eating is mainly because maybe we are not really willing to look at, Hmm. accept the feeling, and then emotional eating help us avoid it or numb yeah. that feeling really yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely i mean endorphins are like a magic pill right endorphins mm. make everything go away so exercise is a great way to get rid of stress right but yep. food equally triggers those same positive responses right so of course it, we're going to want more of it every time we feel that emotion we're going to want more of it and then you know like we said before the the, the brain's the subconscious learning 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 um but the truth is, you know, when we get those negative feelings, we just want to get out as quick as possible. We want to try and bury those feelings. We want to mm. push them under the surface because we're all brought up, trained like a dog yeah. to not deal with our emotions, particularly yeah. in Yorkshire. I grew up in Yorkshire, right? Yeah. So got to be big, strong, get on with it, get it, just carry on. Yeah. You know, even the women in my family are all really tough, right? Just get on with mm. it, get on with it, get on with it. Um, and of course, we're just squashing it under the surface, but... We've got to deal with those emotions some way. So that's how we we end up finding food. That's how we end up finding alcohol or drugs or anything like that because we're just trying to get that escape from that reality, that little mm-hmm. bit of breathing space from that negative feeling. But but like you said, that that means we're avoiding dealing with it, right? Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more detail later on. But if you just see yeah. that feeling and try and understand it a little bit more and go, all right, where's this feeling coming from? Where do I feel in my body? What is that emotion? What words can I associate with it? And, and just sit and process that for a little bit. You can yeah. actually work through it. I mean, you, you know, not to minimise um, um, people's mental health, but obviously you can get to extremities where you cannot control that mm. emotional response. You cannot control yeah. extreme anxiety. But um, 
but yeah that that's one of the problems i think we we have in this yeah. country is people are, are just trying to brush things under the carpet and find a quick escape from the feelings and emotions um yeah and whether that's food or taking pills or or alcohol or something else it's just that escape from reality yeah, and from source it. of addiction i think it's yeah. worth it and here mention uh probably you know about the you know like a human like we have six core needs and probably if you are trying trying to avoid or escape or maybe so maybe you are lacking something in your life and this is what you what food gives you mm. you know like yeah. for example we have like core needs for example you might need significance in your life but you don't have it or you keep like running into a kind of a wall but you want to feel significant in life but somehow the workplace that you are in it doesn't give you the sign the feeling of significance so food can substitute that yeah. you can um you may be lack of connection like meaningful connection in life you don't have a, a good re relationship you know you're in a bad relationship where people yeah. like your good partner is not really connecting with you on many levels and not yeah. speaking your long like love language and food can be really something that replacing that or maybe your life is very monotone you know it's very sort of boring and you need variety and food can give that variety you know yeah. and or you need just certainty control and food pretty yeah. much is so much like a control thing especially when we talk about dieting you know and these things like diet can give you a very much a boost of control you know, because you can yeah. control how much how much calories you're going to count how much calories or, or grams you're going to eat yeah, yeah, that's all about yeah. control and food again yeah. is just um kind of a, a manifestation and a perceived reality in your head and i think it's important yeah. to look beyond that what is really happening what is yeah, that in the situation that you experienced? Why you feel out of control? Why you are searching for? Why are you searching for food for control? Yeah, what would definitely. give you more sense of control in life in that situation if you didn't go for food? Yes, yeah, it's a really good point to make. I mean, control is is such an important part of. Um, of emotional eating and diet issues and even mm -hmm. more extreme disorders eating disorders um yeah. because food is a way to regain control i mean a lot of the a lot of the responses that our subconscious will have to anxiety and stress is to try and for find something that you can control so that could be cleaning right uh but a lot mm. of clients oh. are like I'm guilty. A lot of neurodiverse clients have had, you know, that's one thing they, they can control. They can't control emotion management, understand their emotions, but but they can do something simple like cleaning and they'll, they'll kind of furiously do something like that. And, uh, and the same with emotional eating, you know, um, when the rest of your life is, is out of control, when you can't control the emotions or you can't control the people in your life or the situations, diet is something you can control positively or negatively. Um, mm -hmm. And then, the, you know, that can spill out into other things as well. So it can spill into the exercise side of things as well. So, um, yeah, so you, you, you can get very much obsessive about diets. You can get very much obsessive about the routine around that, calorie counting. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, you can get to the point where, you know, so obsessive that you 
you can only focus on that thing because that's the only thing you can control in your life maybe um yeah. and again that can create negative behaviors but then you know it's difficult to maintain that for a long period of time so then you can kind of trigger you to come out of that control and process and go to the extremity then of like binge eating yeah but then of course you've got those feelings of guilt to shame after that you've broken yeah. the routine you've broken the process mm. um and then of course you're just adding to the emotional issues around food by adding guilt and shame to the equation yeah. and then you yeah. get that extremity of flipping from one extreme to the other, which i think a yeah. lot of people can relate to mm. of you know being able to cope and maintain a diet for a certain period of time but then you suddenly something triggers you to then go the opposite it happens <laughs> yeah and it and it yeah. could be life happens you go to a party you go to a wedding it's christmas it's a birthday um or it could be as simple as that you've restricted yourself so much for so long you just can't bear not to have a burger chocolate and then that's Whatever it, it is, and right? the chain reaction starts isn't it mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and of course then you get that situation where it's kind of like well i've gone off the wagon now so i might as well just really go for it and yeah. that could be for a long period of time it could be a short period of time you know it could be like right right it's wednesday i've gone off the wagon i've had a takeaway i've had a bottle of wine but i'll start a diet again next monday yeah got it right um monday comes around. and i think you it's so good that you mentioned it's basically like our routine it's a pattern isn't it yeah and then yeah. i think it's important to understand that that in order to not even recover but like kind of prevent this from spiraling you know in a massive level and in an intense level yeah. you should start to look at what the pattern looks like looks like for you so when the triggers happen when the trigger happens what is it that you immediately do how do you react to it and what kind of feelings that situation that circumstance brings up for you yeah when you respond in you know to that situation in certain way what is that decision offering you how is that uncle how is that outcome let's say comfortable familiar and safe for you yeah yeah does it make sense i think these questions are very important so in order to kind of break the pattern we have to go back to the very very first step of the basically when the pattern before the pattern starts to spiral and then this is where we wanted to really uh, yeah, look yeah. into today. Yeah. That's so where basically... those kind of feelings start to create those triggers. So, you know, from a physiological perspective, um, you know, what causes those triggers and changes in behavior is just subconscious mind has basically recorded all of those emotional triggers in the background that happened in the past a response from trauma. And when we say trauma in that context, it's not necessarily yeah. things we've got normally associated with that word because as a child everything's traumatic yeah. and everything's different mm. right and teenagers even still yeah um so it's it's you know once that trigger is created and it's created behaviors it's never cancelled so that's how suddenly you can be doing regret in the diet and something will trigger it and it could be invisible to your conscious mind because your subconscious works in pictures sight sounds smells right it's just mm. something trigger and then you're kind of into coming off the diet you're into eating emotionally again you're into comfort eating or whatever it might yeah. be 
Um, and that's where suddenly you, like you say, you've got to go, all right, hang on, what's caused this? What's caused this, this change? What's caused this trigger? Um, and, and so before it's like, you've got to process and think about that emotional mm. change, that emotional trigger, yeah, to try and understand it. Yeah. And then just think about when was the last time I read, where, where did you feel this way? Mm. When was this again? So let's try to look for a pattern again. You know, maybe if something, yeah. uh, someone is rejecting you, rejection for you mm. is like, uh, and that triggers you. And rejection can yeah. be like a very minimal rejection. Someone didn't really like your work of art that yeah. you worked on for so long and that yeah. you know, felt like a rejection for you. Again, this is like your perception of reality. Maybe the person yeah. who was giving you an advice uh, how to improve, that was like a constructive advice, but for you, it was a rejection. So yeah, yeah. we have to look at the narrative, really what's happening into your mind. What is the perception of the reality, of your reality that triggers yeah. the whole chain yeah, yeah, yeah. and what, what actually happens in those triggers sorry mm. what actually happens in those triggers is you know again the subconscious is always listening like a radar so it's always trigger action response right so trigger is you know somebody perceived to be criticizing you giving some feedback that you took the wrong way or whatever it might be it could be something as simple as that it could be something you perceive as a criticism which actually isn't um, it could be some negative feedback uh, yeah. at work or from home. But what those what those comments are doing, they're, they're triggering that emotional response that will go back to some past trauma. So all of those traumas will boil down to common denominators like self-worth, self-love, abandonment, judgment, victim, um, control, um, guilt, Connection, shame, significance, it, validation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm. Um, and they're, they're all experiences that once that program for judgment being created for example when you feel judged it's never cancelled it just gets more weight added to it over the years so that's how just something that's quite simple can cause then quite a big reaction because it's just triggering that emotional response mm. and then of course subconscious has learned over the years right food makes you feel better when you feel judged right go and have that nice meal to make yourself feel better go and have mm. the chocolate for now, the, yeah. the, whatever it is right um mm. and and of course, you know, when when that trigger happens, we don't like the feeling of being judged. We don't like the feeling of being made to feel a victim, right? You don't make don't allow like the feeling of kind of um, you know, not having the affirmation we're looking for or um our self-worth being triggered. So our subconscious is going, right, get rid of that feeling, get rid of that feeling. So it's going, right, this makes you feel better, this makes you feel this makes you feel better. So whether it's food, alcohol, even drugs or exercise, even, right? um they're all being triggered um and even smoking you know it smoking nicotine is not an addictive drug at all it's the emotional connections and the habits that get built up so and and we a lot of people realize and understand that but they don't equate that same pattern with food it's exactly mm. the same right you, you know subconscious just learning and building those connections but it all yeah. relates back to emotional triggers the boil down to those common denominators and self-worth is probably the the, the biggest self-worth and self-love they're like the foundations for all the other faulty programs that we have in our subconscious. Oh yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I've had lots of clients who, you know, um, they, they've yo yo dieted for, for many, many years, but we'll go back to some fairly simple situation from childhood, like just the parents arguing a lot. 
in front of them and just creates those negative feelings. You know, when you're young, first thing you assume when your parents argue in front of you is like, I've caused that some way. I've, I've been linked to, to creating this argument in some way because you can't understand, you can't process because your conscious mind isn't developed enough. And um, so that's where these things can start. And, yeah. and then, you, you know, your parents or your grandparents can have more weight to that because when you feel a bit rubbish, when you feel a bit sad or when you've had a fall or whatever, they'll give you something to cheer you up and it could be a sweet thing. Could be a chocolate bar, could be a lolly, yeah. right? So again, these situations build up, you know. Um, yeah. We go back to said earlier on, you know, like culturally, again, food can be a very big part of family culture. Um, certainly it was for me growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up thinking bread had no calories. My granddad always used to say, "Is that Chris had some bread with that?" I'm like, "I'm ten <laughs> granddad. I'm not working in the pit." Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it all adds to that weight, right? So you've got this emotional connection with food that starts from some situation, but then all of those different situations, the social situations, the family situations, the cultural situations, the celebrating with food, the commiserating with food, they all just add more and more power to these issues. And, mm. and the real key thing we want to get people back to is understanding that food is just fuel for your body. It's just and food. Yeah, you wouldn't, put, yeah. you wouldn't put rubbish fuel in your car, right? Mm. You know, uh, if you got a nice, nice Audi, BMW, Audi. <laughs> Rory was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's anything, um, if it's anything under a quid a litre, I'll put anything in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, definitely. This is, this is the most precious possession we own, our bodies, right? Mm. And uh, and we've got to treat it with respect to get the most longevity out of it, right? Um, so, you know, getting back to that concept that food is just fuel, put the best fuel anybody you can it doesn't mean that you have to limit everything right it's just predominantly put the best fuel you can in right yeah because obviously restriction then is again which will cause big reactions you restrict yourself too much it can cause other emotional triggers so yeah i mean we don't want to take anything away really because then it creates like so much um fear you know it's like if yeah, probably the person will be would feel threatened like imagine if i take away the mm. only thing that the person knows the best about and the safest way to deal with things i don't want to take that away as a, as a coach for me like this is not yeah. how i deal with things like yeah. keep it but let's work on the the possible ways to kind of prevent this to have to be the only option for you. Mm. I'm not saying you can have that option at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have it. But let's work on something that could work. Yeah. Better. It's, it's allowing people to have the choices, isn't it? That's yeah. Exactly. It's believe, like believing and, and knowing the fact that you you can choose differently in that situation. And I think this is why coaches and therapists is helping you to understand and, and explore the ways that you could respond to different situations. You can respond again by reaching out for food. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe before doing that, Let's try to look at what the pattern looks like, what the narrative says, or like keeps telling you in your head that perpet it's perpetuating completely this cycle. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. just try to access somewhere that yeah. narrative and let's just pause. 
how would uh, how would we how would we would be able to be more aware or notice about emotional eating? Good question, Rory. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, I think like this is very important. Again, when you feel, this is my way of looking at it. When you feel, and when you believe that when you're experiencing some, something that is upsetting for you, that is stressful for you, that is too sad for you to deal with, and your only way to cope with it is just food, that might be something to look into. Mm. When you can't really describe the emotions that you are going through, you just know that something isn't there, and the only thing that food can help you in that moment, but as soon as you finish with the food, that that thing will come back immediately. Or even worse, the yeah. guilt and the shame will come back yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. the other things that they were before. Yeah. So, so it's actually making it worse, right? Yeah, it's adding it's so extra emotional it's issues. Like, it's not a sustainable and a long-term thing. It's very much like an immediate response and an immediate solution but doesn't really solve anything, if it makes sense. Does it Does it answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in terms of like just recognising, you know, before you go to the fridge, before you go to McDonald's, before you go for whatever thing that you, you're going to treat yourself with, it's just ask yourself a question. Am I genuinely hungry, right? Am, am I actually hungry or is there another reason why I want to reach out for that thing? Um, I mean, I, I do this little trick with myself is when I feel like I want something like a treat thing, whatever it is, whether it's chocolate or whether it's, you know, whatever else um, I treat myself with, can't think of the top of my head. Um, so I always think to myself, right, if I'm craving this nice thing, let's say it's a burger, am I hungry? Would I eat something plain like a slice of toast with peanut butter on it? Am I hungry enough to eat that? And if the answer is no, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eating for emotional reasons. Then I, I don't, I'm not really that hungry. If, if the boring thing is not an option, boring, sorry. Um, then this, this burger, whatever it is, is not the right thing to do. So then that can trigger me to think, right? Why, why am I feeling like this? What, what is it that's creating this, this need to emotionally eat? Um, mm. So that's a little tool that I use, little technique that I use. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, I would say like because I work with uh, people with who are struggling with, you know, toxic relationship with food. Like many people don't know, have an idea when they're hungry. Mm. <laughs> have no clue what hunger that is, especially after a long period of dieting because just following meal plans, yeah, you know, periodically. Yeah. And then they got completely detached from their own body and mind and what the body is trying to tell them. And then sometimes hunger, in many cases, is basically like very demonized uh, concept. Mm. Hunger can fire a trigger again that I, I am not disciplined enough. I shouldn't be hungry. I've just eaten, you know, a lot of other things. Like yeah, this is a very complex thing. That's why we said like we have yeah, to look yeah. into like really deeply what's going on beyond because yeah. it's not about food. Uh, it's about like a surface level there are emotions but then there is the ramification of emotions as well because stress can mean 
you know, if someone is going for, uh, I don't know, they're having an exam, that's a stress. Someone can, uh, like, burn a burger, that's a stress, you know. <laughs> and then Lily or Rory is opening something new, and that's stress, isn't it? But they are so different, like three different types of stress. What mm. kind of, what is it beyond this stress? Mm. For example, I am, um, it's stressful, the exam, because, I don't believe in myself. I'm gonna be good enough. I don't. I'm seeking for validation. What if I'm not getting it? What if I don't? Uh, if, if I feel just uncertain again, you know, stress definitely <laughs> makes me need to keep carbs. Yes, of yeah, course. That is very That's common, the best yeah. thing because this is like very immediate, isn't it? Carbs is yeah. good to you, and, like, it, and yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's yeah, a reason bring for that. Bring the sugar down, food. sugar brings your whole mm. hormones level up. Boom. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, stress is draining, tiring, it's exhausting. And, um, yeah, but what kind of, what is it? What is it beyond the stress? This is what I want yeah. to get. This is what I always want to get my clients to just try to name those emotions. It's very important because if we kind of describe every situation as stressful, as stress, any sort of situation, that is going to trigger the same narrative that is going to lead us to emotional eating. But if I say, this is not stress, I'm just afraid of failure. That's a different thing, isn't it, for your mind? Yeah, yeah. And we're always going to get situational stress, no matter how, how much work we do on ourselves and how much of a great place we get to. If we didn't have situational stress, we'd be psychopaths, right? We won't have any emotions. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, and, I, and I think one of the key things is to act, actually accept that um, first and foremost, as well. That, of course, we're always going to have have stress. We're always going to have some anxious reactions. But mm. it's learning those skills to manage and understand that and process that, rather than looking for coping mechanisms where we're hiding it and burying it under the under the surface. And case point about you know stress, craving carbs. Um, yeah physiologically your body is looking for that for that it's sugar very, it's very normal yeah 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 but i'm I mean, I'm, I'm just curious about k k k uh, do i pronounce it right k uh uh so k what happens when you have when you give yourself permission to eat carbs in a stressful situation i'd really love to know that if it does the job is the stress going away and what do you feel afterwards actually so this is very because it's okay to have carbs i mean who doesn't want a carb but my my question is like what happens after how do you feel after and then is it always one set like specific type of carb you know there are a lot of questions in here no, here we go. Any <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely no. Which is it's perfectly fine. But what we are trying to say that maybe if you feel like this is this reaction is not leading anywhere for you, it's not bringing you to a higher level that you feel better. Maybe we try. We could try to look into something what's going beyond. You know, any kind of bread. Yeah. Oh my God, bread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, chocolate spread. Hello. <laughs> that would be for me, definitely. Yeah. So I think uh, 
Instead, I would like you to, I don't know whether you are critical or judgmental when these things happen to you, but I would like to invite you to be more curious when these things coming up for you and be more like an observer, try to zoom out what is really happening and then be curious, what is it that maybe this is trying to teach me? What do I, where do I have to go mm. uh, with this? Because it's clearly not helping. Um, even if you want, you can start with the question, how is this serving me? How is this pattern make me feel comfortable? What about it? This, uh, what about this pattern that makes me feel safe? And I think this is very important. Oof. Hopefully, manage and improve your relationship failure. Well, this this is the money show, this isn't is it? Right. Um, right, this is the finger <laughs> question. Again, never not are there other other. You, you're uh, asking for a friend, Rory. <laughs> others are extreme, but I would like um, to raise maybe the sort of the just a shift of a perspective shift. For example, imagine if if you could react in a different way, what would it be like? Imagine if instead of reaching out for food in these kind of situation, you, you are able to stay with your emotions and understand and interpret this, the reality the way it is and yeah. react in a way that benefits you and others. How might that have changed your decision to eat at that moment? Would it change your decision to eat at that moment? And then if you feel that could work, what would have to shift for this to feel possible? Do you need to let something go off? Yeah, absolutely. So really, you know, it's about, for me, it's, you know, sometimes you just have to let things flow, right? So, mm. you know, with negative emotions, so, you know, what we're saying is negative emotions are creating this, this emotional link to fear, right? So you've got to let those feelings flow because if you're, if you're then going and reaching for the comfort food, you're kind of trying to push and bury it and move away. So taking those natural endorphin pills to get rid of it, right? But actually you need to let it flow, you know, numbing the pain, whether it's food, alcohol, whatever, it's trapping those emotions inside. We're not dealing with it. So you know, my key recommendation is don't be afraid to sit in those feelings and just experience it for a bit. Just just feel it, process it. But but actually just sit and say to yourself, where in my body do I feel this emotion? Right? Is it is it in my stomach? Is it in my chest? Is it in my head? Is it in my throat? Is it somewhere else? And and then just ask yourself the questions, what emotions am I feeling? What words come into my mind when I think and I feel about this sensation in my stomach, my chest? throat whatever it is and you'd be amazed what kind of intuitive things come into your mind right so you know suddenly you might recall um an experience at work that day so oh god yeah it was that discussion with rory really got my nerves he really annoyed me <laughs> 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 um and then and then you go well why where does that come from why did did rory's reaction make me feel like that was it rational was it irrational and again, you can explore that more. You might be even amazed and surprised to suddenly remember something from the past that suddenly comes up and think, oh, 
hang on, actually, when I think about judgment, when I think about that feeling, I think about when I was young, I always felt judged for doing this thing or doing that thing or doing that. I'm not doing something good enough or felt criticized. I felt judged constantly by my mum or my dad or both or my brother, sister, siblings, whatever it might be, or a teacher at school, right? And suddenly you're kind of linking back, going back to the root causes, right? And then, you know, sit and experience, feel it, and then you'd be amazed how quickly it can actually then just pass. And again, get into that state of flow where it just passes and it goes. And you can let go of that that need to find the crutch then. Um, and this, this is a simple task that you can do, you know. And again, when you're in that emotional reaction, so one of the physical things that happens is when you feel stress or anxiety, fight or flight is triggered, right? So you got adrenaline being released in your body, creates anxiety, cortisol uh, being released in the body. Cortisol blocks your rational thought process um, purposely. Because if you're in real danger, you haven't got time to consciously think about reacting. You've got to do it instinctively. And that's why you get brain fog. That's why you get um, short term memory issues when you're constantly stressed or anxious. Um, so, you know, just sit, process, experience those feelings, let them let them travel through if you like. Um, but if you're really struggling to, to kind of release it, then there's some other tools you can use. So breathing technique is, is amazing. So I use a um four seven eight breathing technique so breathing deep for four seconds hold that breath for seven and slowly exhale for eight seconds and repeat that breathing pattern but breathe into wherever you in your body you feel that anxiety or that stress so it could be a chest so breathe into your chest it could be stomach breathe into your stomach but then when you breathe out breathe it out from that place and just visualize that negativity coming out with the breath and that will just start to release some of this tension, the anxiety, the negative feelings to give you space to kind of process and think about it a little bit more. And you can take that further with visualization as well. So in, in my work, I, uh, I get people to visualize the, the negative feeling in the body, give it a color. So you can give it a color blue, the color green, the, the color black, whatever instinctively comes up. And then we visualize a cloud and a blue sky and we send all of that feeling and that color into the cloud. So you can do this in quiet contemplation. You can do this in meditation, uh, whatever feels comfortable for you. Again, it's a great way just to release some of these feelings um, to not need then to find that crutch, to not need to go to the fridge or go for a beer, whatever it might be, and give you the space yeah. to actually then be able to think and process stuff without mm. the cloudiness and the noise that the cortisol and adrenaline create in your body as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Um... I just it's something just get just come up to me like um a lot of people I believe would struggle to to, to envision their themselves and their life without this. Mm. Yeah. It's like kind of a persona, isn't it? It's like it's Yeah, it can define you so much. This is what many yeah. people in my in my practice as well struggled the most they mm. know to who would they be without this yeah yeah that's it and you just, you just can't imagine not having those feelings i mean i've got a, a good friend of mine had hypnotherapy for fear of spiders a long time ago before i started working um and his son has the same phobia of spiders quite strong so he said to his son oh chris does this now why don't you go and get your fear of spiders sorted out um he said no i can't do that because i might want to touch a spider afterwards so he couldn't imagine not having the fear is projecting his fear forwards even though rationally he was like yeah i'll be able to deal with it but he could not picture not having that that phobia that fear so he didn't mm. want to actually make the change because of the fear of having it had the change right yeah um, 
and and you know that's the same in this this context it's like people just don't know what good looks like sometimes and and often and i've done this in the past just like almost accepted my situation and accepted that maybe this is just what life is like for me you know yeah. these people i see who have got perfect rip bodies and are able to train consistently and never have any kind of relapses or any kind of you issues never any emotional issues oh i just can't i can't be that person right um but you know just through processing and dealing with with my stuff my my shit from the past obviously i've got to that point where yeah i can make those options i can control that i can actually mm. manage my emotions i don't need to comfy I, I love food i'm a real foodie yeah. I love cooking i love eating but i make the choices now and it's it's been able to make those choices without any judgment of myself without any kind of negative feelings one way or the other so occasionally i'm going right i'm gonna have a takeaway i'm gonna have a curry i'm gonna gonna you know let myself go a little bit but then that's wake great, in the morning right? and go, get to that level yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and yeah, yeah in my, my sports triathlon so you know obviously i can eat a lot when i'm training regularly suddenly i'm mm. injured, injured triathlete at the moment but um but yeah and you've got the choices right you've got those choices. i mean that's that's important i think like to just to explore even the idea that's why it's very important to ask these mm. questions. What do you think you have to believe in for this to be possible for you? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. important to ask these questions. Like, what do you think you have to to shift in your mind? What kind of perspective mm. shift needs yeah. to happen within you in order for this to happen? Yeah, um, because it's just exploring mentally. And because if we can't even visualize life without this what are we going what are we doing you, yeah. it's it's yeah. very impossible after that to go to um go to a stage or go to like even a space with you as the therapist with, with me the coach because we just always hit like a wall uh it's important to to explore emotions you know because there are different layers of emotions i usually use a wheel of emotions that is really helpful to identify what you are you might be going through and then explore the out different outcomes because sometimes people they didn't even play with the thought that this could end up differently and they oh, don't yeah, even yeah, you know yeah. and it's like oh so th do you mean do you mean like i could i could react differently can i be more patient can i just love <laughs> this and it's like wait and then this yeah. is why we have to explore together what do you think you have to believe in about yourself yeah 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 and self-awareness is is the biggest starting point to recovery Absolutely yeah of course of it's just like start to explore the yeah. just the idea that might be a different outcome for you about this and mm. how would you like that outcome to be like for you yeah. how what would you like to feel if the outcome yeah. Is this inside out thinking rather than outside yeah. inside? Exactly. You know, outside in thinking is allowing everybody else, all the other external factors to influence you rather mm -hmm. than actually going from the inside out. And it's like, you know, if somebody is shitty to you at work, then why why are they being shitty to you? Is it something you've done or is it just that person's having a bad day? That person could have had a raising, blazing row with um a family member a partner or something like that in the morning and it's it's just coming out they could be really struggling with the workload right so when you understand the physiology of stress and anxiety and you, you have that awareness Again, it's, it's suddenly just you, your 
Yeah, it's just your yeah. perceived reality. Exactly, mm. perceived reality. So suddenly you'll, you'll find that you start to react differently because instead of thinking, this person's been awful to me and I'm going to really react to that, you think, hang on, this person's been, been awful. What's causing that emotion? They're, they're just being triggered, right? So, you know, physiology of um, the stress reaction, we talk about the amygdala, amygdala, amygdala hijack, right? So amygdala mm. hijack is is that literally that stress response where mm. your fear process has been triggered. So, you know, in that situation where somebody at work has said something, it's triggered the amygdala hijack, so you're suddenly into fight or flight. You can't think rationally, right, because your cortisol is blocking your rational thought process, and that's why you can never win an argument, right? <laughs> um, first rule of argument, you can never win one, people, so you don't even oh, try. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah but change that perception you, before you get to that big emotional reaction just mm. take a pause and, and take a breath and go what is causing this person to be like that with me do i need to react to that do i need to pour more petrol on that already blazing fire or do i need can i react a little or, bit differently which might diffuse this a bit better yeah or another one why am i reacting yeah. this way what has triggered within me uh-huh. that i need to work on because yeah. probably if it's like always the same one honey you have to work on that <laughs> that's why it's coming <laughs> up all the time it's not gonna yeah, go yeah. away that's why it's coming up because it has to be that way then probably because if it's coming up in a very intense and very frequent and very often way you're ready yeah. to work with it yeah, yeah, and yeah. that you are ready to to dig deeper which sounds very scary but this is where all the healing lies and uh, but answering these questions I think you as well and we would like you maybe just to close this session with uh, with some advice I would Mm. say somebody somebody said in the chat I think there was a comment about writing your emotions down journaling is a fantastically powerful thing so you know journaling is a way to well, was it you rory um journaling is yeah. a way to record um over a period of time these emotions so you can recognize the patterns right yeah so, this is dennis oh dennis hi dennis, dennis. thank you for thank comment. you dennis. yeah so yeah journaling is really powerful because then you can see a pattern you can see the common threads of things and then you can start to piece together this stuff yeah. um i mean you know in, in in hypnosis in the session that i do the first four sessions, that's exactly what we do. We just allow the subconscious to start to go where it needs to go and bring up all of these different events and scenarios. And over a period of time, we start painting the tree from the branches downwards. We start to understand all the common denominators between these experiences and what they go back to. So self-worth, self-love, victim, judgment, control, abandonment. These are the, the kind of root causes, really, that, that trigger mm. these Yeah, going back to, again, the, the, the core needs that we all or need you know either certainty uncertainty variety connection significance validation uh, can be not just one a mix of two or three one is more dominant mm. than the other uh, mm. i think it's even like advice i don't know like a general advice that could work for everyone so okay yeah, I mean, so create our own stress by our reaction to things i'm sorry to say yeah, that absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we, it's not so much cre- we create it we we put petrol on the fire right that's basically so of course the situation's created that stress so you've you, mm. your subconscious reacted to that so you didn't have any control consciously about the reaction but 
but then you can manage it from that point. You don't need to then escalate that. You can kind of recognize, ah, hang on, something has triggered me. It's triggered a negative emotion in me. Before I react, I'm going to think, what is that? Where's it come from? Do I need to actually react to that feeling? Yeah. Uh, that's probably um, the biggest yeah, This is very, very good. You said you yeah. can, you might not be able to change obviously the situation that you are in, but you, with time, you could be able to change the way you are with yourself in that situation, if that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. so if you know the pattern, you know what you're going through, you know the narrative, this is where we kind of stressed it at the beginning, you know, look into the pattern and then the first thought comes up, oh my God, this is like, like I don't know, John <laughs> keeps lying to me and then the lie, you know, it's distress. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, trigger, trigger, trigger. Is um, it, I mean, or, it, it, can you know, I choose, yeah, can I choose to react Yes. This way, or do you do I want to go down the same way that I've been doing it for five for to ten yeah, to fifteen yeah, yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. How is this yeah, serving exactly, yeah. me? And the key it's, thing with that is that you can't control other people's reactions. No, we really. can control your reaction to them, right? Mm. You're always gonna have those issues, but you can control yeah. how you respond. I think like the main thing is literally it's like for example, as you said, like for example, taking ownership of, of your own um reactions which is mm. uh it's not your fault i'm not blaming anyone it's not nobody's fault it's just the no, it comes from the subconscious right and you can't it, control your subconscious reactions right no. this is the, the key thing people need to understand this you know you're not to blame for these negative emotions you're not to blame for ending up with a problem with comfort eating right because no. you're just a victim of circumstance and all those circumstances just come from all the past traumas you've experienced in your life right all those emotional responses so it's, it is actually really empowering just to, to know that you are not to blame for how you feel. Yeah, that, is, that it. Is, a, is a great catalyst then to start to make changes. Yeah, it's not not to blame, but you are the one who could change exactly. the way you your react. life or this the, the outcome of a situation is going to unfold. And this yeah. is why we were kind of, I love making these uh, like thought provoking questions. You know, <laughs> what would can you imagine like what would it look like for you this outcome can you actually imagine what do you need to do in order for this to happen to feel even mm. possible not even happen just to feel possible you know just yeah. play with these questions um i think um so for example like as an advice as we said uh, look in look for a pattern look for a situation that you know that certain feeling it comes up Look for a narrative in your head that is always perpetuating this spiral and yeah. then access that narrative somewhere, not by the end when you are eating, but a little bit a little bit before. Try to be aware of this reoccurring situation, reoccurring pattern, yeah. and then maybe try to be more aware of the words and the things that them you know they're always yeah. tricking this just sit of. in it and process it sit in it yeah. feel it process it just exactly. ask yourself these questions what is this emotion i'm feeling what are the words that come into my mind when i think about this feeling in my body yeah. some anxiety mm. stress or whatever it yeah. is that you're feeling what words come to mind and yeah write those down right 
Yeah, um, I mean, I'm more than happy to send a UK or someone, you know, they, they if they need any sort of um, sort of help to identify the feelings as well, because obviously we have, we use like frustration, sadness, stress, what is it, anxiety. Just let me know. Honestly, yeah. let me know. And then I can send you some kind of thought-provoking questions where that can actually um, initiate a, like a flow of other things, you know, emotions coming up and another mm. question going up. But obviously, I think we both are very much um, keen to have only anyone who needs a little bit of advice. And um, yeah. yeah. Other questions in the group. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm always watching the, the group and the questions. So, you know, Post away, you know, is anything that course, um, you're struggling with, mm. and just drop a post, and uh, we'll we'll respond. Um, and it, and it's great for everybody else in the group as well, just to uh, to realise actually it's safe to talk about mental health. It's safe to say that actually today I feel a bit crap for this reason, right? And it's okay to say that this person triggered me by saying this thing, which I know is not rational, but it's triggered me. It's created a response, and it's okay to, to again say that and be open with that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Acknowledge think, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. I think um I think you're definitely right. I definitely want this group to be able to be able to open up to each other. And it takes time and repetition, especially for us guys, to make sure that they feel safe in doing that. And I think with doing that will lead to more questions and people asking and that's where we can certainly keep delivering. But that's good. I think we're gonna do, we're gonna start to wrap up now, just I'm aware of people's times. Um, they're probably going to go away and have a very deep thought whilst they're eating their dinner. Um, <laughs> Should it be eating this? <laughs> Am I emotionally eating this? <laughs> I'll be sitting there, mate. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> um, yeah, before we go then, you know, thank you very much for our viewers that have been here. You know, that hour's flown by and I think... There's a lot of things you can take away. At least go away, re-listen to this, write down the questions that they're asking and start to be more mindful in terms of what you're looking for. Um, I think Andy's just jumped in. He said, oh, my, ta uh, my takeaway, I'm not to blame for this ice cream. <laughs> That's it. No, everybody loves ice cream. Don't blame yourself. <laughs> Eat that ice cream. Yeah. You're, not, you're not to blame for it, but, but think about the emotions which led to that ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so just to the signpost, you know, um, if you know you can go first, where can our viewers go away and either contact you or find you on your own channels? Uh, for me, uh, either Facebook, I'm more active on Instagram, uh, but everybody can find my uh, website on bodyfoodfreedom.co.uk. Mm -hmm. And then they can message me also. I usually just uh, offer free sessions, you know, just for chat. If someone is really struggling with something, I always offer some sort of a, I would call it like a break. I wouldn't call it a breakthrough session, but I might give, uh, I might be able to give you some um, new perspective. And uh, this is how I, how I operate. It's honestly, I love doing this, so I don't really. My yeah. aim is just to <laughs> just to have as many, as many people as I possibly can. And I do. I I always answer to my message because I'm constantly on social media. <laughs> What's that? Can you remind me of the, your website? Uh, www. The Body Food Yeah. 
Excellent. Right, I've plugged that in so um, our viewers can look at that. And then for yourself, Chris, where can people find so, you? Yeah, so start a good starting point is my website, um, www.developlink.com. Um, there's two blog articles on there about the, the physiology of subconscious mind and, um, and how it works. Um, so there's links to social media, so I'm on Facebook, Developlink, I'm on Instagram as Developlink underscore UK. Um, I've started to post a lot of TikTok videos recently, just with little snippets of ways to cope with stress, anxiety, mental health, some information about the physiology of um, mental health and the subconscious reactions that we have. So it's in a great place. And generally they get posted to Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, so I do free consultations as well. So a lot of people still have never experienced it in the therapy or don't really understand it. So, um, yeah, yeah, drop me a message. You can come have a free consultation and uh, go from there. I mean, it's scary. It's scary to do these things, no? <laughs> so get it, done. get it done. I've done it. Get it done. I mean, yeah, it's just scary. But honestly, I think no one, none of us is literally biting anyone. <laughs> it's a, I think it's just important to say, like, this is okay to, to struggle and, and it's okay mm. to ask for help. And we do ask for help. I do ask for help as well as a coach, as a trainer. It's like, yeah, yeah, cycle anyway. So it's okay. And, and, and if you're not ready, that's fine as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, you know, dealing with your own mental health is like peeling an onion, right? So it's always layers. So you peel the, the darkest, worst bits on the outside, but there's still layers to go, right? So I still work on myself, you know. Um, and and the, the key place to get to really is that point where. You can recognize the responses and feelings in yourself and you know how to react and respond. You've got the tools to do that. Um, mm. So you don't sit in that yeah. negativity for very long. And then, yeah, your life could look different. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely can. And then, uh, I mean, it's hard to be able to get out, but you don't have to be always in the same cycle. And the outcome of any sort of uh, life situation that you are in can be different. And that's why we are here, just to help you uh, mm. Maybe discover different pathways and just to help you understand that and believe it the fact that it could be different, and that's all. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. I think we'll leave that on that. That is that was amazing. Mm. Um, again, um, yeah, thank you for thank you very much for you two to coming down and, and sharing an insight. Um, I definitely got a lot of this, and I think our, our viewers that have come on, but also. We'll look this back will be good 